Welcome to the ITE Talks Transportation Podcast from the Institute of Transportation Engineers. Each month, we'll bring you conversations with thought leaders in transportation on the future of the industry. joining us for another episode of the ITE Talks Transportation Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Wagenblast. ITE's tagline is a community of transportation professionals, and one of the goals of the organization is to attract and serve members from all disciplines. As part of its 2021-2023 strategic plan, ITE has created an initiative to recruit and engage transportation planning professionals in membership. To help guide this effort, a Transportation Planner Advisory Group was formed. One member is Eric Renzel, a Vice President for Strategic Planning at Gannett Fleming. Eric's our guest on this month's episode. We're going to talk about the initiative and what ITE can offer those from the planning community. Eric, welcome to ITE Talks Transportation. Thanks for having me, Bernie. I'm really excited to be here today. Well, we're going to talk about a bit of an area that we don't frequently touch on when we're talking on these podcasts. We're going to get a little bit into the planning side of transportation. Before we did this podcast, I went to your LinkedIn profile to to find out a bit more about you to see what kind of planning experience you have. And as I looked at it, I see most of your experience and your education was in the engineering area. So tell me a bit about how did you get started and get involved with the planning side of transportation, having come from an engineering background? Thanks, Bernie. I really appreciate that question to get started. You know, I am proud of the fact that I I went to Penn State for engineering. And uh, when I first came out of school, I was really focused on, you know, project design and delivery, like many engineers are. And then for me, it really was an opportunity that I had to go into traffic engineering at our company. And when I got into traffic engineering, I quickly realized that the standards that we follow, the rules that we apply as engineers have to be considered in greater context, especially when you're talking about traffic engineering. And traffic engineering takes into account so much more than, you know, just your knowledge, skills, and abilities of math and science. It really also plays into how what you're doing fits into the community, how it fits into its surroundings, and how we go about creating solutions that meet the needs of all users. And I think because of that opportunity to practice in that area of engineering, it was a natural progression for me to get to a place where I was interfacing regularly with transportation planners and other kinds of planners as well. Having come from this engineering background and being involved with planning, you talk about some of the skills certainly overlap, but give us some insights, if you would, about the differences in perspective and approach between planners and engineers and how their skills complement one another. First of all, I think about it from a couple of different angles. An engineer really looks at problem solution benefit when we're thinking about the solutions we're going to design and implement. Planners, in my experience, come from it more from a a perspective of what's missing. 
in our communities and in our transportation system in particular for this conversation that needs to be addressed? And then what are the opportunities or what is in our toolbox of things that we can use to address those concerns and fill those gaps? That's much different than selecting the certain type of solution to apply, say for a bridge design, for example, right? It's just a little bit more abstract. And thinking about that, it's not that any one is better than the other. It's just a different way of looking at things based on uh, how you were educated during your college years. Mm-hmm. Engineers, and this is going to be using stereotypes, but engineers, I think, have a reputation for being analytical and not necessarily as outgoing. They may be perceived by some as being a bit more introverted, but you talk about planning is is getting involved with the community. What about the training that might be necessary to make someone who is an engineer who wants to be involved with planning to pick up some of those soft skills, if you will, that make a good planner? You know, I'll start by saying, I know it's been an age-old joke about, you know, engineers and and, and being introverted and whatnot. And, and to be honest with you, I think maybe that's a bit short-sighted as well in this day and age. But to just play off of that a little bit, I think that engineers and planners are not different in that way anymore. When I, as a senior leader in our firm, recruit and talk and have a chance to mentor young professionals, both planners, engineers, and others, I talk almost exclusively about the need to have strong soft skills. I need employees that can come to work on day one and be ready to go and talk with clients, can represent themselves professionally in organizations like ITE, and are ready to go and lead groups. I'm looking to hire leaders as I recruit people to come in. And to me, whether you're an engineer, a planner, or some other kind of background, really doesn't matter. What we need are people that can talk, can communicate clearly, and can lead groups. Because the general public, our elected leaders, and others, that's what they're looking for when they look for any kind of transportation professional, is the ability to come in, provide sound leadership that's objective, that's ethical, and can be relied upon. And I think that's what binds together planners and engineers. You talk about when you're recruiting people and you're speaking to young engineers and and who might be interested in joining the firm. Are you finding that they come out of school with some training in these areas? Is that being taught in schools where engineers are being trained? I think it is being taught more because I think as the professors get younger, they bring in more mainstream technology into the classroom. The presentations are required in almost every class that I've had a chance to guest lecture in uh, in the past few years. A lot of group work is done so that you develop the interpersonal communication skills that'll be needed. But I think just our society in general is helping prepare people with the advent of social media, the proliferation of many different platforms and how exposed younger people are to those platforms today. I think they come with the raw skills necessary to be a good leader, you know, an engineering and planning perspective. But I use the word raw intentionally because just like the rest of us, how you portray yourself, even on social media, in a 
uh, non-professional way is much different than how you need to represent yourself in a professional setting. So I think our job as professionals of any type is to help our students, our young leaders hone those skills at taking that raw talent for communication and fashioning it into something professional where you can stand up and represent your community. We've touched on, I think, Eric, the theoretical sides of this, but to maybe make it a little more real world and what's going on in terms of experiences that you've had, can you give us any examples of a project where you've seen transportation planning professionals and engineers come together and successfully deliver a great result? And what worked during that process? And what were some of the lessons that were learned? Yeah, I won't cite a, you know, maybe a specific project here, but in general, I'll say I think our complete streets projects really offer some of the best examples for planners and engineers and others to work together closely. You know, with so many variables that need to be considered during a complete streets project, it really takes the integrated thinking of both engineers and planners, along with the perceptive thinking that planners bring to the table to find the right solution that benefits all users. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach to complete streets, and there's not a one-professional-type-fits-all when it comes to complete streets. You know, without trying to be stereotypical uh, of one group over the other, I think one of the reasons engineers and planners work well together when it comes to complete streets projects is that, you know, engineers tend to lead with their thinking with technical solutions, and at the granular level, whereas planners tend to lead their thinking by being in touch with their empathy. Again, that's not to say that engineers aren't or can't be empathetic, and I certainly don't mean to imply that planners can't develop very technical solutions, but thinking about it at a macro level in a sort of a higher order of where we start from and where we come from, I think that those traits in particular are what creates a very solid team uh, that's a composite of different professional types. Part of the impetus of this interview that we're doing today is an initiative that ITE has developed to attract more transportation planners to ITE. Uh, By its very name, the Institute of Transportation Engineers, planners might not think that they necessarily would have a home in ITE. Tell us a bit more about why the ITE Board of Direction decided to go after this initiative and to try to attract more planners who are working in the profession to be a part of ITE. Yeah, and I'll start by addressing sort of the the acronym ITE, right? And I think that it's important to not get hung up on the name. I, You know, there's a lot of benefits to maintaining that brand, maintaining that name, because it is such a trusted name. When it comes to ethics, it's so well respected when it comes to ITE's tradition of objectivity on issues of many different types, in addition to their high ethical standards. And so there's certainly benefit to being associated with ITE. And, you know, our tagline is a community of transportation professionals, and that's intentional because even before we launched the ITE initiative to really invite planners to come and give our organization a, a second look. We really have been focused for a long time on creating the opportunity for people of many diverse backgrounds and points of view to come to ITE, 
find their voice and see ITE as a place where everybody is welcome to collaborate, where people are invited to be unique, and where they're celebrated for the innovative solutions and ideas they come up with. And so my elevator pitch to planners on why they should take a look at an organization that has E in the acronym is because of what I said earlier. It's really about people coming together in an integrated fashion and solving some of our biggest challenges that we see in our industry and and across our communities. And take another look, because I think if you peel back the onion, if you can get past the E and you look at the content that's coming out, you look at all of the rich resources that are available through the website. If you become a member and take advantage of this opportunity to take a closer look at the organization and you see all of the topics that are being discussed and thought about in our councils and our standing committees, I think personally as somebody who does have that engineering degree but has really focused on promoting the careers of planners over the past 10 to 12 years, I think there's a lot there that you're going to find that speaks to you and satisfies your need for being part of a community that's really driven on all of the right things. And that is making our communities better, making them safer, making our families happier, and making our economies more thriving. To get a little more specific as far as this initiative is concerned, there are several things that ITE is doing to invite planners to become part of ITE. Can you get into a a little bit more detail about some of the things that ITE is offering to planners so that they maybe can try out ITE, so to speak, take it for a test drive? Yeah, I mean, the specific thing at the international level is offering a free membership for 2023. If you are a practicing planner or somebody practicing in the area of planning and you haven't been an ITE member in the past five years, then IT is offering you a free membership during 2023. And and like I said, price being a barrier to uh, looking at other organizations and thinking about how to diversify yourself from a professional standpoint, we wanted to take away that barrier and give you the opportunity to kind of take it for a test drive. Some other more nuanced things that we're trying to do to make planners feel welcome, that to make them feel like the IT is the right organization for them is being conscious in the words we choose, in the programming that we put out, making sure it's balanced, making sure that you know we're not intentionally choosing terminology that really speaks heavily to engineers. Again, we're proud of our engineering heritage, and we want to make sure that the engineers in our industry continue to feel like ITE is the home for them. So it's not embracing planners at the cost of engineers, right? It's really inviting everybody to come together into the big tent and have a chance to collaborate together. So things like at our spring conference, uh, our virtual spring conference that we hold, it used to be called the technical conference. We learned through research and understanding that when you see technical in the name, that can be off-putting to some groups. So it doesn't mean that we're going to sacrifice the delivery of technical content that can stand up to needs for, you know, continuing education and maintaining your certifications. All it means is we're being more conscientious about the way we put programs together and making sure that they speak to 
a broad range of professionals rather than a certain niche? ITE is an international organization. A lot of folks, when they join organizations, are not just looking at the scope globally for it, but what can I do on the local level? Are there opportunities for planners to get involved with ITE on a more local level where they can interact with other transportation professionals in person? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would argue that ITE, probably not unlike other places, it is an international organization, but it's a personal experience, right? It's what you get on the website. It's the local dinner meeting you might go to. One of the things we're proud of at ITE is there's over 160 different student chapters, right? And so with that, with the focus on embracing younger students and transitioning young professionals, you know, we continually restock the cabinet, if you will, on bringing in new ideas, young energy, and really not just allowing younger members to be part of our organization, but really supporting them and helping them thrive as members and making them feel like they're desired to be part of the organization. They're not just permitted to be part of the organization. I know that's important to so many people at ITE. And so, yes, local lunch meetings or dinner meetings or, you know, afternoon sessions that take place all across the U.S., Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and our growing number of chapters outside of those large geographies as well, really trying to embrace the personal experience that you have with ITE every day and making sure that planners feel like they are invited to be part of that dialogue and part of that experience at every level. A lot happening there on those fronts for sure. Most of our discussion today, Eric, has been focused on what advantages planners may find by becoming part of ITE. Let me turn that around a little bit and ask, what do you think the advantages are for engineers who are a member of ITE to have planners become more involved in the organization? You know, I think it's all about perspective, Bernie. You know, in our world today, again, thinking about the idea of integrated thinking, there's so little we can accomplish today on our own. I'm not saying we ever should have been doing things on our own, but we've certainly seen, you know, in the news and other places over the past few years, how myopic thinking doesn't serve anybody well. And so as engineers, I think the worst thing you can do is think you're the smartest person in the room and you don't need the input and consideration of other people because that leaves a lot of benefit on the table that doesn't get used and doesn't get applied to really the shared common goals that everybody has. There's always going to be a place in our world for engineers to apply their specific skill set on analytical understanding, specification development and usage, and other things like that. We need that skill set going forward. But everything from data to cybersecurity to safety projects, and so on and so forth, you really can't do it without planners and without other professionals too. You know, a lot of demographers, sociologists, and technologists, and things like that. It's super important that we as engineers embrace that. That's a that's a journey I went on, right? When I transitioned from being a final design engineer to a traffic engineer, and then later understanding, especially 
as it gets into technology projects, that, which I do a lot with at my company, that we have to have everybody at the table if we're going to have success. Well, we've been talking on this edition of ITE Talks Transportation with Eric Renzel. He is a vice president of strategic initiatives at Gannett Fleming. Eric, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you, Bernie. It's been a real pleasure being here today. And I'm so excited about where we're headed and so excited about ITE's role in the journey of both engineers and planners.